Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. I love the NFL, watch every game every week, love drafting, scouting, trading, managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Today we have episode number 74 where we're going to look back at last year's rookie class, the 2019 rookie class, and rank them, this time ranked number 13 through 24, so kind of making it through the second round. Uh, If you did listen last week, you can go back and listen to my first round. I like to say that this is one of the valuable things that you can do at this time of year to sharpen your skills as a dynasty owner is to go back and look at your rookie rankings that you had last May when you had your rookie drafts, compare them now with where you would rank the players today. You'll learn a lot from your hits and misses. There's going to be some where you can recognize some areas that have strength for you, some areas you need to grow. And then, of course, there's going to be some guys that just come out of nowhere and no one really had them ranked higher than you did, but they just proved to be a better player than anyone thought. So I'll give you just a rundown of the top 12 that I listed last week in case you didn't listen to last week's podcast. I won't make any comments on these players, but happy to list them for you. And then we're going to go 13 through 24 just to rank the second round of the rookie draft if we were to re-rank them today. And I'll also mention where I previously had them ranked and try to be honest um, and humbled by where I had them ranked to where I have them ranked now. Just to go run down from last week, if you didn't listen, uh, number one, I had A.J. Brown. Number two, Josh Jacobs. Number three, Miles Sanders. Number four, D.K. Metcalf. Number five, Terry McLaurin. Number six, Kyler Murray. Number seven, Debo Samuel. Number 8, Devin Singletary. Number 9, TJ Hawkinson. Number 10, Noah Fant. Number 11, Daniel Jones. And number 12, the surprise, Darius Slayton. So that's how I would re-rank the top 12 rookies. Now let's jump into 13 through 24, and I'll mention a little bit about my process, what I think of them, and where I had them ranked before. So number 13 for me, uh, second first pick of the second round, if I was to re-rank, would be Marquise Brown. He's 13. I previously had him number 16. Uh, last year before the rookie draft, so it didn't change very much, but I did uh, lower him a little bit. Um, so I had a, I was a lot lower on Brown than most analysts all through last year's kind of rookie draft area. I had him ranked number 16, and while he was getting drafted in the first round of most of my rookie drafts, so he was a top 12 player by most people, but I had him ranked number 17 before the draft. Um, I did, I did uh, not like his landing spot in Baltimore, figuring that they were going to be a run-first offense and what I thought at the time to be a really questionable passing quarterback in Lamar Jackson. I was also concerned about his size and his, probably his propensity to get hurt. Uh, my injury concerns, of course, were proven right this year. He was uh, out for a few games, and it felt like most of the season he was playing but was always on that questionable list and definitely hampered his play. I was certainly wrong on Lamar Jackson, Uh, His improvement as a passer is what really surprised me the most, which is why I've moved him up to number 13, where I had him uh, 16 last May. Uh, He scored seven touchdowns, but only twice had more than four catches in a game. And so the kind of, he was very efficient uh, with his targets. I just don't like right now that Baltimore, he really seems to target their tight ends more than their wide receivers. Uh, There were enough big plays though for me to, to change my mind on him a little bit, but I still don't think he would be a first round pick, even though he's just outside it here at number 13, largely based on the concerns of the passing game going mostly to the tight ends there and still the injury concern. But I did move him up, number 13. He'd be my first pick in the second round if I re 
ranked them today. Next up, number 14 would be Nikhil Harry. I previously had him number five, so this is quite a fall for Nikhil Harry. Uh, this ranking, I feel like, is a bit unfair since, since Harry was injured for most of the season, but I still think there's a reason uh, for Harry to drop out of the first round if we were to redraft today, so I have him here at number 14. New England just hasn't had much success drafting wide receivers, and their offense is really difficult for young receivers to learn. So it's also possible that this is Brady's last year to play, so you got to dock him a little bit there. Um, here he did have a couple drops in this playoff game, didn't look so good. Um, he's going to have a severe downgrade at quarterback in the future, maybe not next year, but certainly uh, in his future. So he did show enough uh, in some of the targets that he had here at the end of the year when he finally started playing. He proved to be a pretty good red zone target. Um, so there are enough reasons for him to hold some value after a poor rookie year. But for my opinion, was not enough to keep him in the first round anymore. So he's dropped to number 14, where previously I had him ranked number five. I think most people had him ranked right around that uh, area, maybe even the first receiver going out in the draft last year. And I don't think that they would pick him first this year any longer. Number 15 made a bit of, bit of a jump. So 15, I have Deontay Johnson. Uh, previously, I had him number 21. So he's moved up six spots compared to where I ranked him before our rookie drafts last year. So whereas in New England struggles to draft wide receivers, Pittsburgh seems to excel at it. So last year's rookie, James Washington, it took two years for him to make a an impact, but he finally did this year while he didn't last year. Uh, this year's rookie wide receiver um, in Deontay Johnson, though, made an impact in his first year with the team. And that was backup quarterbacks for almost all the seasons. So that's what really stands out to me. He had a catch in every single game. He scored five touchdowns, and at the end of the season, he was playing about 70% of the snaps. Now, I think that it's really hard to know if his productivity was elevated because Juju Smith-Schuster was injured for much of the season, um, and if maybe next year Juju and James Washington will be the, will lead the team in targets, you know, one and two. Um, but that said, Johnson's already scored more fantasy points than Washington did this year, and I didn't uh, rank him higher than number 21 before the draft because I really believe that James Washington was going to be come the number two wide receiver uh, target there in Pittsburgh. But since he's already beat him out in his rookie year, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't beat him out in this next year too. And so I really like Johnson more than I like James Washington. And so I've moved him up to be number 16, um, believing that he is better than James Washington. Number 16 now, if it was to redraft today, fourth pick of the second round would be David Montgomery. Um, I previously had him ranked number three. And so this is a big fall, and this is where I actually learned a little something that I'm going to try not to do this next year when it comes to rookie drafts. So Montgomery um, and a player uh, to be named later have fallen more than any other players in my rankings. Uh, he was taken in the first five picks of all the drafts that I was a part of, but he's definitely not lived up to the expectations, even though he was given the starting role from game one. Uh, he was just average, scoring about 10 points a game and only had three games over 20 points. Um, I can't excuse my pre-rookie draft ranking when I had him ranked number three, but I will say that I had him ranked number three largely based on the opportunity and the draft capital, even though I had him ranked number 10 uh, in my uh, pre-combine uh, rankings and in my pre-draft rankings. So I had him a lot further back than most analysts, but, but I got suckered into believing in this opportunity, and that really kind of drew me in. So I hope in the future to take stronger stands on players that I don't really like. I didn't like David Montgomery uh, as much as others. And I felt pressure, though, to put him up there since so many other analysts were putting him in their top two, three. Um, I saw him go number two in, in several drafts, like right after Josh Jacobs last year. 
And so I just felt the pressure to rank him a little bit closer to where others do. And I think from now on, I want to take a stronger stand on guys that I don't really believe in. Number 17, the fifth pick of the second round, if I redrafted today, would be Alexander Madison. I had him previously ranked number 19, so he hasn't moved too much. Moved up from 19 uh, to 17 from 19. Uh, Madison stays about right in the same spot as I, as I um, looked to draft him last year. Um, it stinks that he's buried behind Dalvin Cook, who played so well this year. I think it stinks even worse that Madison was injured at the same time that Cook was injured there at the end of the season, so we were never able to see what it could look like if he really was the lead back, even for just a a couple games. Um, Even so, Minnesota spelled Cook often with Madison, so he did get a lot lot of opportunities because you could tell throughout the season they were trying to protect Cook, who is injury-prone. So it's kind of even hard to tell the difference between the two when you're watching them, right? And So it could definitely be the dreadlocks that make it a little bit harder to tell. But they have a similar frame and a similar running style. Um, Cook is likely to get injured again next year um, as he nears the end of his contract, you know, and, and starts to demand big-time running back money. It could be that Minnesota chooses to let him go um, in a couple of years, and Madison could be the guy that gets to kind of live out the rest of his rookie contract uh, with Minnesota. I think that uh, Manis, uh, Madison really will only start on our dynasty teams if Cook is to get injured, but he is one of the best handcuffs Uh, to hold and could become the lead back of the future. I would rank him number 17 if we were to redraft the rookie class. Next up, number 18, that would be Dwayne Haskins. I previously had had him ranked number 24, so he's moved up a little bit from what I thought about him before our rookie drafts. Haskins, along with the next two quarterbacks, have moved up in the second round of my rankings uh, because they played a little better at the end of the season, um, and largely because the guys that I had ranked ahead of them prior to the rookie drafts just didn't play well in their rookie years. So you're, I'm going to have a string of three quarterbacks here. And the, these quarterbacks were ranked a lot lower before the draft, but because they kind of played well and because the guys that I had ranked ahead of them didn't play so well, they've now jumped into uh, what I would consider my second round if I was to redraft today. Uh, Haskins uh, has a lot of young weapons. I like that about him. They were starting uh, three rookie wide receivers at one point, McLaren and Sims and Harmon. Um, he has a new coach now in Ron Rivera who said that he came to Washington largely because he likes the weapons that they have. Um, this team really could get better around Haskins. Uh, he'll be given every opportunity, I believe, to excel. I don't think that they're going to draft a quarterback with that second pick. I think they'll uh, get young out of Ohio State and and kind of beef up their defense. And so I think Haskins has a chance to um, – he definitely improved uh, drastically as the year progressed, and I think he can continue to do so in his second year. Next quarterback, I would rank number 19 if I redrafted, is Gardner Minshew. And he was previously unranked on my rankings. So I had rankings that went up to about 70, 75 players. And Gardner Minshew last year before the draft was not on a single one of my rankings. So he was off the radar for sure. So Minshew, of course, would be the largest riser um, in this redraft, given that I didn't have him ranked among my top 75. That's pretty amazing, right? But uh, Jacksonville retained Doug Marone, which is pretty wild as their head coach. And while he's not committed to Minshew as the starter over Foles next year, he, he already did so last year, right? So he, he chose Minshew over Foles last year, even after Foles came back from injury and didn't play so well. So if Foles were not on the roster, I would have uh, probably have Minshew ranked ahead of Haskins. Um, I think I like Minshew's future better. Um, but I'm not sure that they're really going to keep not give Foles a chance to, to win the job given how much they've been paying him. So it's going to be a tricky one. I think they both have great receivers too, meaning Haskins and Minshew, but I really prefer Chark, Westbrook, and Conley in Jacksonville than the younger receivers um, collectively as a unit 
there in Washington. So they're ranked really close together, but the Foles thing is making me hold back just a little bit on Minshew. And then finally, number 20, the third quarterback, I said there'd be three in a row here, is Drew Locke. At number 20, I previously had him ranked number 35, so I was drafting him at the end of the third round, but now I've moved him up here near the end of the second round. Locke only had a few games to convince Denver that he's their future franchise quarterback, uh, but he appears to have done so, according to John Elway. Uh, thus, he's made the jump from the back end of the third round, like I said, here into the second round if I redrafted him today. Um, I, uh, I had him ranked lower than most analysts the, the year before his rookie draft, and I still have questions, really uh, primarily about like his footwork and his accuracy, but I think that I'm, you know, could be proven wrong here so far. I, I think I'm proven wrong, and I was uh, just off base in how I had him ranked as a quarterback, so I'm willing to move him up to number 20. Next, we go to number 21, a few more left here. Number 21, if we redraft the rookie class today, is Damien Harris. And I had Damien Harris ranked number eight beforehand. So Damien Harris was a guy that I got a lot of because I was a lot higher on him than others were. Um, and you can tell I've dropped him quite a bit. He's dropped 13 spots into the back of the second round where I had him at in the back of the first round beforehand, before last year's rookie drafts. So this one hurt. This one hurt me to move Harris down so far because I really believe that he'd become the lead running back in New England by the end of the season because I'm not a fan of Sonny Michelle. And it's so frustrating because I felt like I was proved right and how Michelle didn't really run away with a job. He didn't look good this year. It wasn't a good fantasy back for us. But instead, even though Michelle didn't look very good, Harris hardly played. Um, so what I'm doing here by ranking him at number 21 and dropping him from number 8, I'm sticking to my guns a bit. I'm continuing to have him ranked in the second round. But if I, uh, if I did redraft today, um, I really would draft him here. I still believe that he's better between the tackles back and a short yardage running back than anyone on the Patriots roster. He's a guy that I'll be trying to trade for this offseason, hoping that other people uh, have soured on him as well. So I still keep him here. Back of the second round, Damien Harris. Yeah, I hope he's going to win, and I believe he's going to win that full-time job there in New England uh, next year. Number 22, uh, if we were to redraft today, would be Tony Pollard. I've had him previously ranked number 40, so he's made quite a jump as well. I just say, looking at uh, this year, that Pollard's looked great when he's been spelling Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott. Uh, he's he's permanently buried behind Zeke. I'm not saying that he's ever going to outshine him or take his job, um, especially since Zeke signed his new contract. But he's one of the best handcuffs to have, uh, to own at the running back position. And Dallas found ways at the end of the season in particular to use Pollard and Zeke at the same time near the end of the season. So hopefully the new coaching staff will find ways to, to do so in the future. I like that the Cowboys and hiring McCarthy, it looks like that they've re retained their uh, offensive coordinator. So that means that some of the stuff that they did, I believe that they'll try to do again and find ways to use Pollard. So even though he'll never beat out Zeke, I'd still draft him here at the end of the second round because uh, he is definitely one of the best handcuffs to own um, in fantasy football. Number 23, another handcuff, uh, with a little bit more opportunity perhaps, though, is Raquel Armstead. I previously had him ranked number 27, so he hasn't moved up a whole lot, but he moved kind of from the very start of the third round here now into the back half of the second round. This is really just kind of a handcuff strategy, but a little bit different because I like uh, Armstead to possibly beat out Fournette in the, here in the near future. So Armstead stays about the same in my rankings, like I said. Um, I did move him up a few spots. Fournette has had a surprisingly injury-free season this, this last year. Like, no one expected that. So Armstead really didn't get the opportunities to show what he could do 
That is until the last week when they decided to bench their best players when they knew they were out of the playoffs. And when he finally got the chance, he scored 17 fantasy points that week and just gave us a taste of what he could be if Fournette were to get injured like he normally does, but for some reason last year did not. Jacksonville retained their coaching staff, so I think they'll be familiar with Armstead. So I like that when there's the coaches that drafted them or the coaches that are still there. Um, I think that they're going to give him a little chance to show what he can do next year. Um, I believe he'll get more opportunities next year, much like Pollard. I did this, uh, uh, like much like Pollard did this year, rather, um, while remaining one of the best handcuffs to own. So I would put Raquel Armstead right there at number 23. And then finally, this is another stick to my guns, number 24. If I was drafting again, this would be the 24th. Or the last pick of the second round would be J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I had him previously ranked number 13, so he has fallen quite a bit. He's fallen 11 spots. And here, I'm just being stubborn with my pre-draft evaluation here. Really, I really truly am uh, by keeping J.J. here in the second round, even though he's proved pretty much nothing uh, this year and proved nothing while given opportunities, which is the sad part. Philadelphia wide receivers dropped like flies this year with injuries, and even so, J.J. didn't take advantage of his opportunity. Um, even the undrafted college quarterback named Greg Ward came in to play receiver better than Ortega Whiteside did. So uh, pretty frustrating the way the season ended, but I think that Philadelphia is one of my most trusted teams when it comes to evaluating talent, and they you know jumped up to get him in the draft. And I'm just trusting in what I saw before uh, the draft, and I'm trusting a little bit too in Philadelphia's scouting department. So I'm going to believe that I'm not wrong on J.J., I'm willing to move him. Yeah, I, would re, I would draft him in the second round if it started again, even though he'd be the last guy that I would draft. I'm sticking to my guns on JJ and hoping for more next year and, of course, Dynasty, the years to come. Thanks so much for listening. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Uh, make it a conversation, a two-way conversation, rather, anytime by contacting me at Dynasty Freaks. That's freaks with two E's, dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. I'm much better on email than I am on Twitter, so email is the best way to contact me. I'd be honored if you would take the time to rate and review the podcast and Apple Podcasts. That would mean a lot to me. Again, thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the Dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.